Hey everyone, thanks for uh, finding the Ray Hart Rundown podcast. Bob Ray Hart with my brother. This is Adam. We're going to jump right in here. We got lots of things we want to talk about today. One of the things being is the latest movies that are coming out. Yeah, I'm most excited about Bill and Ted Face the Music. Personally, dude, Bill and Ted, man, growing <laughs> up, that was that was my shit back in the day. Playing Battleship with Death, whatever, to try to escape hell. The, 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 the movie very much, I think the movie very much is going to be a lot of the older crowd. I don't. I think the younger crowd, is, it's going to go over their head, so to dude, speak. Absolutely. I think, I think yeah. it's going to miss the boat on, on that. I had so many of my friends. I was like, oh, dude, like, as, as soon as I found out it came out, I asked all my friends, like, oh, my God, like, did you ever see Bill and Ted? And they're like, no, what the hell is that? And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm old. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, remember the, I remember the original Bill and Ted. He's like, so crates and all of that. I remember that. <laughs> so crates. So oh, man. But yeah, they're doing it again. That's, oh, God, that's got to be such nostalgia for them to get back together and do that again. Yeah. Like, they seem to be doing, like, a lot of trying to rehash and pull now the old 80s and 90s movies it's it's a it's a common trend uh, the room there's rumors flying around hollywood right now that there's another gremlins coming out there's a gremlins 3 uh that uh, christopher columbus the original director and writer said that he is doing he's gonna make it i guess more scary like the first one more than like unlike uh the second one which was looney tunes yeah i i mean i i hope so because gremlins is also another big part of my past um you know my childhood rather of growing up and everything but i think it's with the amount of reboots that they are doing it's like you think it's too much you think it's too many i think i think what they're doing is like it, it just i think sometimes they rush it that's supposed- my thing i think sometimes they rush it and it doesn't do the originals justice. They're supposed to be in speaking of rush, there's supposed to be another rush hour. There's rumors of that flying around. I don't know if that's I don't know if any of this is true. But there's supposed to be another rush hour movie coming out. Let's see what some of the other ones that as the hitting the rumor mill for me. There's the Ninja Turtles getting reboot again. Again. Yeah. I don't know. I did you like the last one? Did you see the last one? I did, but I mean dude, I'm a big fan of the show Arrow, so you know, putting as Casey Jones was um Stephen Amell. Yeah, Stephen Amell. He, I mean, he played Casey Jones. Like, I thought that was really cool. So it, you know, I don't. I liked him as an actor. I really thought he was a really great, great uh, Green Arrow. So okay, but aside from that, aside from Casey Jones being your favorite, like, uh, what about the the turtles themselves? Like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm forever going to lean towards the '90s turtles, the original '90s Ninja Turtles, because because of my love for the Jim Henson Creature Shop and the fact that they were the ones that did the costumes for yeah, it. They weren't digitally enhanced. They were actual, you know, the actual costumes. rubber costumes that had to take a beating. Well, and that's the thing, though, is that if you really look back on the old films, there's not a whole lot of actual fighting that happens in those films. Okay, let me let me stop you there. Because the, fir- the f- they, do, they did a lot of fighting, but the idea was they didn't want to show too much violence on TV. So I know that in the first one, they redirected a lot of the, the hits and things like that. The Behind actual smoke. Yeah, it's like smoke, or it was like in the darkness, and the Side shadows, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And in the second one, there's a big fight scene at the beginning of the second one, and they do like comical things, like Michelangelo's got the sausages instead of the nunchucks right. you know? so they may try to make it a little bit funny i don't know what was going on in the third one honestly the third, one, <laughs> the third one went fucking sideways for me i don't know it was like yeah uh, there's a time travel aspect now i guess or i don't know where we're going with that one well Anyways, you know i mean it's with sequels they always i mean grasp at straws i mean i mean don't get me wrong back to the future okay phenomenal sometimes one of my favorites all-time favorite for well, sure all time for sure but the third one once again, 
like going really? back in now, time see, into the see, wild west now see, granted i thought it was still good I, I thought it was still a good movie okay. but uh, i mean it wasn't the second one the second one was by far the best no the second one was by far the best because the second one offered that nostalgia to go back to by filming and by showing you it was kind of like watching the second one to me was kind of like watching a behind the scenes of what was going on when you didn't know what was going on watching the first right which was great which i thought was a great 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 thing to do when they went to the Old West, I, I still think it fit with the characters and everything. I don't think they veered off course yeah, as far as the Back ve- to the Future right. you know, franchise is. And I think they cleaned up the end of it very nicely with the yeah. train. How they mixed it all together yeah. and everything. How it all, how it all finalized. Now, yeah. I do know that they also came out with a Back to the Future cartoon series uh, a few years later that kept going with Doc Brown on the train. See, that sons. I've never seen. Yeah, I actually had a copy of it on VHS back in the day. And they, yeah, he had his sons, Jules and Vern, and they would go on these adventures and in time and things. It was a cartoon. It was not like a show, right. show, but it was a cartoon. But it was opened. The cartoon opening was done by Christopher Lloyd, you know, Doc Brown. Yeah. So, like, you, you, at least you got to see him every episode, you know? And that was cool. There also is a video game out, the Back to the Future. By uh, Telltales? Yeah. That one? Yeah. That, that was one. actually a really good game. That the one The Telltale games I'm not usually a big fan from- of because it's a lot of just... Video point and click. It's point click. It's like it's a buttons. choose your own adventure situation. Yeah, but no, the the Back to the Future one and the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy one. Those ones were really fun. The Telltale game was probably the closest thing to a fourth movie that we'll ever see, for sure. They actually utilized Michael J. Fox's voice in it. Yeah, you know, they actually utilized Christopher Lloyd and a lot of these actors and stuff. So it was great to go back and play that game. It was great to go back and have fun in the Back to the Future world. I should say with the storyline. I would have liked again a more open world. Like Grand Theft Auto style to mess around with Back to the Future in, but right. but I don't I don't foresee that's going to be in the future of video games anytime soon. No, probably not. But yeah, so we keep jumping back from like '80s and '90s movies, and they keep remaking them, and or they keep adding on to them. Like Jurassic Park, there's another Jurassic Park in the works right now. Now I imagine that is to coincide with the new theme park coming out. The new theme park. Well, like a not a new theme park, but the add-ons for. Oh, they're um, redoing it. Yeah, they're redoing. Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, whatever, whatever yeah. we're calling it now. In um, Universal well, they're, they're Studios, taking it from or, uh, Jurassic Park and making Island it into Jurassic World, right? Into Islands of Adventure. Yeah, I don't think anything is going to be able to top Universal's new theme park, yeah. uh, Epic Universe. That's a Disney oh, Epic or a new uh, Disney. Whoa, Universal Studios, Epic Universe. Their hundred-acre park in the middle of Orlando is going to be amazing. I keep yeah. reading, I keep reading more and more things about it, and hopefully, <laughs> that Super Mario World looks dope. With any it does. with any luck, this pandemic will be over soon, and we'll be able to yeah, hopefully go back to going to theme parks safely. Uh, not that the theme parks aren't trying to do it as safely as possible. Just I don't trust everyone else, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> To, to keep myself safe from the coronavirus. So, Big Rona. The Big Rona. Watch out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go, let's see what else is coming out. One of the things we ho- things we heard about is, of course, if you all have seen The Boys on Amazon. <laughs> I love that, that show. That is a great... It's taken from a comic book, right? Originally, it's taken from a comic book. Yeah. That I'm not sure. I no, know Seth is. Rogen is the executive producer for it. Yeah, but it's, so that's just they actually... front the money. But right. I think it's taken from a comic book because I, I, if I dug in correctly, it is like a it's a comic book clearly not a for graphic kids. novel. Right, it's taken that whole realism factor to like. I mean, let's be honest. If you've seen the boys on Amazon, it's kind of like how the real world would be if people had powers. Yeah, not every superhero is going to be the the poster child of good and yeah. Mistakes are made by but, you know. It's... Yeah, so definitely check that out if you haven't. That's uh, a little quick plug for the boys. Not that you have to because it's really popular. They yeah. just got to see. They just get a season two, and I think they're getting a season three. Yeah, so season two releases I believe September fourth, 
and they've already been signed for season three. I mean, that's just how great that show did just on its very first season. Right. You know, but at the same time with COVID-19, who really knows when they're going to start filming again? I know that the new Jurassic World is still filming. They they went back into production over in London. And they're doing great. I think I read something about them doing COVID tests every single day while being on set. You know, just to be safe about it and everything like that. And they're going to extreme measures to try to make sure that everybody is safe, but yet they could still get these massive productions if they were halfway through filming. Mm-hmm. Done. Mm-hmm. So it was Jurassic World. Oh, The Matrix 4. Keanu Reeves is shooting The Matrix 4. I um, think he's done. I think he shot that already. I think it's... I think a lot as of these... far as I know, it was back in production from what I had read. I don't know. I haven't but, checked the update on it. I know yeah. that, yeah, that's another one that they're doing. There's, here's the thing is that there's a lot of these movies that were shot before the pandemic. So Like AP Bio Season 3. Right, and all these things. So we're just hearing about it now. Like, oh, they're, they've been done. So it was like, oh, we're good to see it. But here's the, here is the big question. Here is the big question. All of the movies and all of the TV shows that we're supposed to be shooting now from February into February beginning of March till now is the end of towards the end of July all the movies that were supposed to be shooting then would be releasing this Christmas this next January yeah so on and so so as great as it is that we have entertainment now we have nothing coming anytime soon <laughs> unless, yeah unless so. you're unless you're down for watching people do zoom meetings all the time I guess is a, <laughs> that's the hottest new thing yeah, it's going to be rough for a little while. At the same time, though, is that they still have a lot of films that have already been done with production that they want to release into theaters. And because of the COVID-19 coronavirus, mm-hmm. they're delaying movie theater releases. And some of them are like, you know what, let's just put it out onto the streaming services, put it out on demand and stuff like that, and try to get as much money as we can you know, for this film now. And But some production companies are like, no, screw that. I'm waiting for movies. Movie theaters don't actually make any money off of the movie tickets. When you buy a $22 IMAX ticket, they get like, I think it's a dollar from that. Oh, yeah, movie yeah. theaters make all of their money off of concessions. So, well, yeah, I'm sure a majority of it is concession. That's why That's why Skittles cost $4. Exactly. <laughs> you know, It's you, crazy. Anything that would cost you a dollar twenty nine in a gas station is going to cost you four or five bucks at a movie theater because that's crazy. where they're getting it's all the money. Still crazy to me, but yeah. So there's a lot of rehashes and redos, things like that. I, mean, I am going to take a second though, of course, to plug our movie here. Hanging, oh, absolutely, Hanging Millstone on Amazon Prime. Uh, Adam completely I, free. Yep, one hundred percent free. If you're, if you're already watching Prime or you listen to our previous uh, podcast promo, you'll know um, we're coming in. Hot off of that, just recently being released on Amazon Prime, so we're super excited still about it. See, it's doing very well. Oh, um, yeah, and I want to thank everybody that's given their love and support uh, through it all and everything, and, you know, contacting us and letting us know, like, oh, watch your movie, you know, I loved it and everything, giving us the feedback, and it's just, it's... Here's the, here's the thing, though, I want, to, I want to put it, I want to stress this, too, is that we don't necessarily always need positive feedback we don't need um everybody wants to <laughs> yeah, you don't have to blow smoke at my ass yeah everybody wants to shake your hand and uh like pat you on the head and be like oh my god it's so good it's such amazing you did such a good job but what we need is honest feedback and i got actually i got a lot of that yeah, so, so did I. some of the friends and family it was, it was very much like okay i know you liked it i know you're impressed by it or i know you're you know i know you're happy for me and everything like that but stop right there and take me out of the equation and tell me what you thought of the movie as itself and I think there was a lot of, well, you know, there could have been this, there could have been that. And I was like, okay, 
take the now take the production out of it. What do you think of the storyline? And the storyline for Hanging Millstone was a powerful, oh, absolutely powerful message. The one that I get a lot is it was very difficult for me to watch as a parent. Yes, you and know, for those of like, you, and then he's like, but that's just me or whoever, right? You know, for, that's and, just me. And for those of you that don't know, Hanging Millstone is about uh, child abduction. It's about a father who goes to the extreme, probably to get or find out where his daughter is, what happened to his daughter. I'm not. I don't want to give too much of the movie away by any stretch right. of the imagination. It's only an hour and a half, and it's already available on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime. You've already paid for it. Might as well just watch it. I mean, come on. You've probably watched everything, every single thing else on <laughs> yeah, Amazon Prime. Exactly. You don't have to rewatch your old favorite shows when you got a brand new movie to watch. Yeah, you got a brand new movie just came out. You can give it a try, and then you can uh, you can actually go on to Anchor.fm, uh, find the Ray Hart Rundown podcast, and even leave us a message. Tell us what you think. That'd be good. Yeah, absolutely. Feel free to do that. And brutal honesty. Bring it on. We can handle it. We got thick skin. Oh yeah, we and we've heard it all. Trust. What was but your favorite scene? Go ahead. What was my favorite, scene? my favorite scene. Like I said, I've said before, my favorite scene is the is the is the police car scene. The police car scene. Yeah, that's gonna be forever my favorite scene. The the, down, like, the downtown, not, not just for the movie, but like even just on in, set, in being in the show business life and in being there and in the moment. And there is fifteen cop cars, a SWAT tank. I know I'm giving away part of the movie, but I'm not gonna tell you why. Fifteen cop cars, <laughs> a SWAT tank. Um, two Ambitrans ambulances. Again, thank you to Ambitrans for supplying those. Oh, yeah. A mobile command unit like the Fort Myers that was Police really Department. Cool. They the they unit. came through with us on that. Yeah, they, that was really a good. You know, I got to tell you because I, I played SWAT team member number one. Because um, when I first and see and that's the great thing about it is that a lot of people ask me like, how did you get into, you know, being in uh, a filmmaker in this town? Well, I was <laughs> serving at a dive bar restaurant in fort myers and i get a text message from my brother bob Thank like you very much. hey we need extras here at the jail on ortez <laughs> and i'm so like what the hell are you talking about bro i like uh, call him up right there like mid shift like what are you talking about so I'm like oh i didn't tell you i'm filming a movie i'm like how did you not tell your blood brother <laughs> yeah, that you're sorry, filming yeah. a movie so yeah that was um that's my bad. Yeah. So I, I showed up on set and uh, I was just like, oh, I'll just be a production assistant, whatever it is. I just, I want to help make a movie. Like, so I was just moving barricades for the police officers that night. I became SWAT team member number one and everything. And then slowly but surely, as just time went on, I just ended up doing all the, you know, the video editing and special effects work and, you know, fixing some of the sound mastering and, and things like that. So doing a little, so, so essentially being. More than a production assistant, being yeah. more involved in everything, which and, is great, and, and I appreciate. It was, it was I appreciate great to you see... jumping in and being able to do that for us. Oh yeah, I mean, but it was just great. It was great knowing that it was like, in the matter of one movie, I became from a production assistant, the lowest of the low, the guy that went and got the food for the actors. <laughs> yeah, you're coffee bitch. I get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I went from coffee bitch. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I hired to... my brother to be coffee bitch on set. <laughs> my movie. I went from coffee bitch to business partner. You know, in the True. span of, of one uh, movie, and it was just let me also it was really really cool experience in the same aspect. But SWAT team member number one, that's where I was going with this. The back of that SWAT tank is freaking tiny, bro. I'm <laughs> six, what like six two? Yeah, that thing is like three feet tall. <laughs> like, I, I yeah, I don't know. Maybe they, I don't know. That thing, I, mean, I don't know if you have to be a certain height requirement to I be in the be SWAT. A, a maximum height requirement. There can't be over anywhere over four and a half feet. Yeah. It was. Like, it was pretty tiny. And here's the thing is that we, everybody that we put in there was was at least six feet tall. Yeah, exactly. 
It was like so cramming everybody just... in a tuna can with fake guns and being oh, like, man. okay, here we go. <laughs> I remember, too, those doors were heavy. Yeah. heavy. I mean, they're bulletproof, I'm sure. No, so. It was all, yeah, we used an actual real SWAT tank. This yeah. wasn't like a, a, an SUV so, that was... I remember on the first take, too, because I was the one right by the door, so I was the one that had to open up the back of the, uh, the SWAT tank and like push the doors open. And they're just so freaking heavy, and I'm so squished into this back of this tank that I opened the door and I pushed it. And I just knew, I was like, that door opened way too slow on camera. <laughs> so, like, I was, I was like, cut. I was like, we're going to do that again. And I just shut the door. And then um, when I heard action, I just popped the freaking door, uh, the, popped the, the handle on it, and then just kicked the freaking door open and had them swing open so that I could just jump out. Let's take a moment, though. We do have to uh, put a special thank you out to the writer, the original writer and director of Hanging Millstone, Curtis Collins of Three Seas Productions. If it wasn't for him, uh, we would have never been able to be part of that. Yeah, we wouldn't be where we are now. So uh, we're going to definitely plug him and his his production company, Three Seas Productions. Uh, We're even working on other projects with him right now. Uh, we've done we've done quite a few. We've done quite a couple short films. We've gotten awards for. Yeah, we've won uh, between the three of ten us. Ten awards, yeah, so far between the three of us. Actually, well, more now because uh, Hanging Millstone won yeah, uh, won a Colorado and an Alaska award. So yeah. between yeah between the three of us, we've we've uh, we've had a lot of fun. A lot oh, of fun. So much I fun, mean, man. Stuff. So um, I can tell you, the festivals are always the most fun. Like if we want to talk about that for a minute, because that yeah, dude, I gotta also give a shout out. Bonita Springs Film Festival, they may not be IMDb qualified yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure I know Antonio wants to be and everything like right. that. I'm sure he's working towards that. But he has got one of the best film festivals that I've been to so far. And we went down to Miami. One of the We've nicest. One, one of the, the nicest. nicest. Yeah, yeah one of the sure. nicest. Absolutely. Like, if I was, a, let's say, if I was like a big time celebrity and a lister or whatever, like, that would be. That, would, that film festival would be on my list to go to. Yeah. Because it is like, I mean, it felt like suit and tie affair type situation oh absolutely it was like, like it was like suit yeah, up it was no like, it was no goofing off in your flip-flops on that set yeah you know i mean there's because i know a lot of people that would still go to these film festivals and stuff and they're just they're independent filmmakers they don't probably even own a suit and they show up in like black pants black shirt type of thing and the bonita one man that that's nice i mean guys walking around in tuxes with hors d'oeuvres and champagne and just it was just the red carpet. He did it right. Stepper he did it right. They had photographers there, I, I, there. Like, it was just, it was I mean, excellent. We've, we've really been to well a, we've done. We've been to a lot of film festivals. Yeah. And that even, one, that even one even does. Out of state. That one, even though we did, and again, we we pulled in an award at that one, So and we pulled the awards at other ones, um, but that one was one of the most memorable ones because they had the red carpet, they had the the hors d'oeuvres, they had the people, you know, the... Yeah. the Step the, and repeat. Yeah, it was, it was, it was beautiful. And again, it's not that these other... These other film festivals didn't have that. The Fort Myers Film Festival had a red carpet. The Fort Myers Film Festival had right. a step and repeat and stuff. But I don't know if it was the elegance of it or the people that were involved or what it was. But yeah. it was definitely a memorable moment for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. So, let's move on. Before I move on here, though. Hanging Millstone, Amazon Prime. Uh, it's there. Watch it. Hour and a half. No big deal. Uh, and then go to anchor.fm. Find the Ray Hart Rundown and uh, click on the message button. You can leave us a message, give us your comments about that. And yeah, tell us what, tell you, us think. what you think. I mean, we, we greatly appreciate any feedback. And for our friends and family, we'd much rather you go there and tell us what you think than to text us nonstop <laughs> and assess, incessantly yeah, about it. You know, Thank 3 you. o'clock in the morning, I could appreciate uh, you know, it. I'm trying to sleep. Yeah, whatever. So that'd be great. Uh, let's move on to a little bit more news. I want to talk about tech news real quick because uh, right now the uh, Comic Con is going on virtually. 
uh, online, or it did actually earlier today. Yeah. Um, the Comic Con. One of the biggest things that I was probably excited about to see, and this is like came out in a video, and it was on Twitter. G four TV coming back. Do you remember? Do you remember G four TV? Um. Yes and no. I remember mostly Attack of the Show. Um, that was a big one. G four TV. Yeah, Attack of the Show. X Play. I think was another one yeah, with X-Play, Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb. Yeah. Um, but I mean, dude, I haven't seen those shows in so long that I could not tell you a single episode. Oh uh, yeah. You know. Um, but see, Olivia Munn got her start on Attack of the Show. Oh yeah, and now she's she's doing movies. She's yeah, doing big Hollywood time. movies. Yeah. Big time. I can't think of anybody else who's moved on from that's done big time. I mean, I've seen yeah. them. I've seen some other, but I uh, I don't know anybody, and that's not a bad thing. It's just like I feel like some of them maybe didn't push hard enough or didn't push it, but. No, yeah, um, but I mean, G4, that was, especially X-Play, man, that was the one where you found out about all the latest oh, news, yeah, yeah. for you know, all the newest games coming out. I mean, I used to game huge back in those days, yeah. so X-Play was With Adam shit. Sessler and Morgan Webb. And yeah, like, that was... I remember shit. Adam Sessler being a little overexcited about everything. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and every geek in GameStop had a crush on Morgan Webb. And, well, I mean, who didn't have a crush on but, Olivia Munn, for starters, as well? Yeah, no, I, I did. I had to crush. I did the crushing on Morgan Webb side, so I'm uh, going to be on that yeah. side. Of, I was on the, the I was on the Olivia Munn on side, Munn side. I was on the Morgan yeah. Webb side. Yeah, so interesting. G4 TV coming through. Um, lots of uh, lots of exciting news coming out of Comic Con. There is a was it Zack Snyder, the director for uh, Justice League. There's a Zack, they want a Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I heard, heard about, about that. Oh about yeah. Yeah, it's, man, and you know what? The question right. is, is how long is going to be the cut? Like, I've heard, oh, it's going to be three hours. Oh, it's going to be four hours. Oh, if they, if you know, Zach Snyder has his way, it's going to be a five-hour marathon. <laughs> well, and I'm like, you know, there can't. I mean, I'm sure there's tons and tons and tons of footage. I mean, it yeah. did. Fe- it did very much feel like the story was kind of shortened. I don't know if that was. Yeah, it it seemed like. I mean, to be honest with Justice League, mind you, I'm a huge DC fan. Uh, I yeah, am. Marvel all day. Sorry, I'm, you know me. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm on the other side. We're on the fence here <laughs> with that too. Huh? <laughs> we are we are complete opposites, but yet have so much in common. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It was cool. It just a lot of it was trying to figure out how to bring Superman back to life. That was like half the movie was them just trying to figure out how to bring him back to life, or if because, it was even possible, or if it was even possible, right? And that was the entire Justice League movie. Like what? <laughs> because <laughs> right at the end, they finally bring him back to life, and then the main bad guy finally shows up, and Superman kicks his ass within like fucking ten minutes. Like yeah, that was it. It was just well, the final bad I don't guy. Know, like granted, Man of Steel. Fucking awesome movie! Right. I love that movie. Again, not a DC fan. That's all you. Okay. I'm out. I can't help <laughs> you. You want to talk about Endgame? All, all day. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Endgame. Okay. How the me. hell Go does ahead. that time travel make sense? Please explain that to me because it does not make any freaking okay, sense. Okay, where are you confused, dude? Like, so they go back in time and get the stone before Thanos, right? So then Thanos would have never had the freaking stone, right? But it, it but he did. Okay. So, this is the part where the Back to the Future theory kind of was talked about. Broke off an alternate timeline? <laughs> yeah. Well then, how, well, then if they broke off to an alternate timeline when they went back into the future, then they would have been in a different future. Have you not seen Back to the Future? <sighs> they would have been in a future where Thanos did not have the stone. Anytime you do time travel in a movie, you're going to have controversy and you're going to have Doesn't debates. work, bro. Doesn't work. I don't, I don't know. Endgame sucked. I'll be the first know. to say it. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
So Adam doesn't. It plan, didn't suck. Adam doesn't plan to work I for Marvel anytime soon. He doesn't plan to do any Marvel I'm, movies. I'm, no, it didn't suck. Ever. It was a good movie. It's just ah. like you're right with the time travel. There's always the holes in the questioning and stuff like that. But it's explained in the movie. I can't remember. I saw it when it came out. I don't go back and rewatch things just to try to figure them out. I just watch them once to be entertained. And move well, and, and that's the thing. And then that's what those movies are really for. I mean, don't get me wrong, dude. I could watch Justice League and tell you all of the single pro- every single problem that they have because they've got a bunch of them too. You know, right? Um, usually with movies like that, it's just for the entertaining purposes, and then you know you just forget about the holes in the story or or anything like that because you were just entertained for two two and a half hours. Right. Or three hours if you're Batman versus Superman. Uh, right. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, so there we go. Back uh, on the topic of movies again. We come back around full circle. Always, Sorry, no. It, no, it I, I see that a go lot. That, it always seems to go that yeah. way. But we started with G4 TV, and we ended up right back at movies again. So clearly, yeah. clearly a movie-centric podcast show. I don't I don't know how I feel about that, uh, that Neuralink. Oh, you talk about the Elon Musk thing? Yeah. Sorry, I'm just I'm sitting here looking at this no, no, no. Go ahead, real quick, and it just it just popped into my head, man. Like, I don't know how comfortable I am with uh, Elon Musk. Well, let's okay, let's break it head. down for people who don't know what we're talking about. I mean, you and I talked about this before. So, uh, Neuralink is the direct connection of digital media to your brain. Is that what I was understand? It's like yeah, it's like a Neuralink chip actually, which has the ability to stream music directly to your brain. So it bypasses your ears. I don't. Yeah, see, like, well, that, exactly. Like, I don't understand exactly how that works. It kind of sounds like he's trying to put a, a, yeah, a multi-purpose media device inside of your head that you can just access with your brain. So you're kind of halfway turning me into a fucking robot. You're gonna sit here and tell me there's no GPS on that shit? There is. <laughs> like, no, because of course there no, is. Yeah, yeah. And Elon Musk even said that like he was going to have it so that it would control hormone levels in your brain to help you with anxiety. Yeah. Hormone levels in your brain to help you with anxiety. It would basically implement like uh, a LASIK, like how LASIK eye surgery does, where it'd be like a same day type surgery, except you would just get this microchip that would just, I guess, I don't know, allow you to tweet from your mind. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's a lot of people I mean, I'm bad on Twitter, like with not keeping up with Twitter and things like that, but I don't know if I want to like think something and then have to hashtag it. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just like, uh, there's a lot of people... That you know how they say think before you talk. Yeah, there's some people that um, I, I don't want to hear what they're thinking. And what if it freaking malfunctions and all of a sudden all of their thoughts are all over Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's stuff you don't want to know about people. Exactly. You know, it's just I don't because know. How, how do you, how do you know that that's not in this also sense kind of reading your mind? And I don't know. It's like that GPT three. What do you mean GPT three? Oh, the uh, that's the uh, that algorithm that. Um... Yeah, the AI. Sol- the AI. Yeah, yeah, that's dangerous. I don't even. Yeah, let's. That's a whole other podcast. To talk uh, about yeah, GPT-3. yeah. We'll we'll. Uh, for we'll those of you that, that don't know, real quick, GPT three is a super smart AI algorithm. Uh, I can't even. I, how to basic explain it is? Have you ever seen iRobot? Do you remember Terminator? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Skynet. Come with me if you want to live. Type stuff is going to happen. And uh, this GPT-3 is great, it's smart, it's super smart, it has the ability to, like, think for itself, make decisions for itself, plan for itself, attach replicate it, itself, replicate it, so it's, it's, uh, mimic it's the voice of your dead parents, so ridiculously <laughs> like, dangerous, it's, yeah, it and is. I think it's out in the world right now, so what are you, I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Go ahead. Going back to the filmmaking aspect of things, not to get off topic with that. No, go ahead. We're just going to jump. We're like just going to jump around. Yeah, from topic. let's just jump. Exactly. Let's That's what podcasts are for, right? Let's keep hop, skipping, and jumping. So. What type of film do you want to do next? Because that's, that's been kind of the ultimate question that I've been asking myself. I love doing comedy, man. Comedy is one of the best films to make because you know if you're doing your job right or not. When you actually have a viewing party and an audience of people and you're showing that film for the first time, when you hear that laughter and everybody's I mean in the audience, reactions the, to it the, in the audience, yeah, okay. then you know you did your job right. Like there was a, One of the short films that we did was a comedy Eden. Right. When we went up to North Carolina, I saw this old lady wiping a tear from her eye from laughing so hard. And right there, I was all like, "We did a good job on this one." You know? Yeah, that was great. To, that was that was ridiculously good to see. Like, comedies are one of those things where it's all about timing. Yeah, and it's it's very much like if you you could put a joke well, out and delivery could, timing and right. Delivery. And you can you put a joke out there and get the timing wrong and get the timing completely wrong and totally screw it up. It could be the funniest joke ever, but if you don't deliver it right. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna basically what they call fall on deaf ears. So, the most fun you could have on set, I think, my own personal opinion is is that you do comedy, you do a comedy set, but you let the actors run with the character. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you let them just you oh, let them absolutely. just go. I mean, like well, you let just let them roll out. Look at all, all of some of the best comedy movies out there. You know, a big majority of them is all improv. I mean, dude, half of Will Ferrell anything is all improv. Yeah, yeah, you that's know? always fun, and that's always fun to see in the after credits if they do the uh, all the, the different cuts takes. and everything. Yeah, that you is know? just ridiculous. Well, like, fun look, to see. like even Robin Williams, man, one of the greatest comedians of all time, the goat, one of. But dude, like he improv that whole beginning scene in Aladdin. The filmmakers were just all like, "Yeah, there's a bunch can't. of stuff on a table, go." And that whole intro to the Aladdin cartoon was all improv and he actually broke something on the desk he's like oh it's broken and then throws it like <laughs> that actually happened and it was all improv you know it was fantastic but when you get those when you get those actors on set that that have that chemistry and have that ability to one line it back and forth and then the whole set ends up it feels like they're part of the show yeah i think we've experienced that a couple times but i think there's so many actors when they're first starting out in, in newer short films so or scripted. new stuff like they just they're so fearful of deviating from the script yeah, and well, that was one of the great things when we were doing Hanging Millstone is is that Curtis was very much like, here's what I want you to say and say it and then try it again but say it differently. Like he he was very he was very much like let's you know let's keep going like try to make it more and more natural on set. I think it, it worked for some and it worked it didn't work for others. Yeah. I think it threw a few other actors and actresses off, uh, which you can see in the in take after take after take when you're sitting there watching it. But I think uh, I think we covered everything that in the news thing that we wanted. To. I think we're gonna call it. Alrighty, uh, this is the Ray Hart Rundown. I'm Bob Ray Hart. I'm Adam Ray Hart, and we're signing off. Y'all have a good night. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>